Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you today? Hope you're having a good one. Good, buddy. How are you? What's going on? Uh, you know, there was a presidential inauguration today. Checked that out a little bit and uh, went about my uh, my normal uh, duties. That's good. That's good. You? I'm just sitting here freezing. That's all. It's still inconsistent in the studio. You never know what you're going to get. So right now it's on a cold swing. I'll probably be uh, I'll probably be sweating and peeling layers off uh, in about twenty. Do we uh, do we need you to give like a uh, a, a daily no weather report no, of some sort I, because I mean it seems like you need one because I mean the good thing about it is you get all four seasons there in that studio yeah we do and and see I feel like we we shouldn't do this daily because it really just comes off as me complaining but it is also <laughs> kind of a battle between Lloyd and myself and I I feel like that is personal. And I don't know. I, I've got to air it out there because because listen, the same that sound like Lloyd. The same wonky thermostat controls both the the temperature in Lloyd's studio and the temperature in this studio. Now, not Austin's for some reason, which is is baffling to me. But Lloyd sneaks in here and messes with the thermostat, and then next thing you know, you know, I'm freezing or hot or whatever. But uh, it, it's it's created conflict in our personal relationship. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I thought that was your relationship. Uh, conflict? Yeah. <laughs> Across all fronts? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about that. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so life is good though. Sun's out. Yeah. Talking sports. Jazz are red hot. Aggies are red hot. Um, you know, BYU's playing good basketball. There's a lot going on. NFL playoffs, yeah. which I still haven't decided my picks uh, quite yet. I went to, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe we should just skip over that <laughs> since it hasn't gone so well for for us as a show. Uh, I know you are like, what, one game ahead of um, Austin and me, yeah. but still nothing to brag about, right? No, certainly not. But uh, we're, we're all losing to Tim. Yes, we are. Yeah, and he's a Man. basketball coach. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a basketball we're, we're coach. All smarter than, we're all smarter than him. What's going on? Just kidding. I don't know. Just I just know that I'm a big Packers fan this weekend. 
<laughs> and I'd, I'd probably like to see the Bills uh, get to the Super Bowl because I think it'd be a great story. And I, I can't stand the Chiefs. So what I, I'm, I'm a Packers my, why, and a Bills Why fan. can't you stand the Chiefs? Oh, you know, just because they're the Chiefs. Because they're good? No, no, no. I haven't liked the Chiefs for a long time. And they've only been good you recently. Hate, here's your problem. What? You hate, you hate every good team. What are you talking about? I just told you that I, I have disliked the Chiefs for quite some time. Like, going back to my youth quite some time. If I know Jake Gordon, it's more about he's got friends or, or people he knows that mm-hmm. like the Chiefs, and that's why he yeah. doesn't go for the Chiefs. But, I mean, well, they haven't been good for a long time, and I've disliked them for a long can't time. can't believe you on Bowler's give team me, like that. Give us a reason. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, Gordon. I, I have all sorts of weird reasons why I root against teams. It gives me pleasure. It's it's how I it's how I stay interested in the sport. And in this uh, cons- in this uh, particular instance, I'm absolutely rooting for the Bills. But what what did the Chiefs ever do to you? Personally, uh, they uh, let's see. In any they, way. Uh, they robbed my grandmother. I don't know. <laughs> what did they? What? what how did you? But how did you determine to hate them? And how did you determine to like the Bills? I don't. I didn't like the the cut of Marty Schottenheimer's jib. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm rooting for the I Bills. It's fascinating to me because one, you have no reason, you have, you have no real logical reason for your 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 uh, massive hate for so many teams. No real reason. You don't know what the guys have really been like. You don't know what the organization is like on the inside. So you just on a whim, you just start hating something. Listen, Gordon, let, let me let me clue you into something here. If you're not a robot, if you're an actual human, <laughs> and when you sit down to consume a a sporting event, you know, for just recreational purposes, mm-hmm. the humans select which side they're rooting for. <laughs> In pretty much any game they watch. No human, uh, now robots aside, no human sits down and says, I'm just here to love the, watch this for the love of the game, the beauty of the sport. That's not a thing. Whether, but this is whether, thing, I, mean, I, I live that. I live that every day until we start making these dumb picks, and then I got to root for the team I pick. I said non-robots. I said humans. Oh. I said humans when they, when they watch a game for fun. Figure out. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's that you don't like the Chiefs. Whatever it is. You and Howard Cassell can you, like the comp- competition. You figure out a reason to root for who you're going to root for. And in this case, I am rooting for the Bills. See, here, look, and I plead guilty. If, if, if you're charging me with this, then a robot I am, right? Uh, my kids have always asked me, you know, even when they were little, they would. So we'd, I'd be watching the game and say, "Who are you rooting for?" And I'd say, and it would infuriate everybody because I'd say, uh, "I don't, I don't really care," you know. And they, there, this maybe this fits into your narrative here because they they wanted me to pick a side, and I, I didn't have a reason really. Oh, Lobos. Usually, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't have a reason. But you're the opposite. You find reason. You know, uh, you mentioned Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer sneezes on the sideline. Oh, I hate that guy. 
Yeah, exactly. Was he wearing a mask or not? Right. I mean, I I guess it, when it comes oh, to— Oh, a long time ago. <laughs> when it comes to my job and teams I cover, I view it a little bit differently. But if I'm going to sit on the couch and consume an NFL game that I'm not working, then, yeah, I'm figuring out a reason. Re- I always have. That's how I consume sports because, again, I'm not programmed like a robot. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like the way you said that. Thanks for explaining it. You know, humans— do this. Correct. As though I'm from a different planet or something. I didn't say I different planet. A, I just said constructed and programmed like a robot. No, I think there's a lot of people like me. A I lot know. of people who don't necessarily, and for every game they watch, they pick a team to root for, and they pick a team, more importantly, to despise. Well, that's that. That's what you do every single time. Well, let me tell you this: if if I ever get, or if if I ever get back to normal, <laughs> if things ever get back to normal, <laughs> well said. All right, if things ever get back to normal, I've got a homework assignment for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, find uh, the, the on a Sunday. Find a sports bar of your choosing. You know, one with a bunch of TVs that are showing a bunch of different games. All right. I want you mm-hmm. to go down there. I want you to pull up a seat. Order a chicken fried steak and just consume what's going on around you. All right, just just I've consume. Heard it. I've, I've and, heard it. And and find out how many people are just sitting there going, "Oh, just the love of the sport, just love it." <laughs> the the beauty, the the great dance, the competitive nature, it's just wonderful. Uh, nobody, you'll be the only one. Well, that's because the pe- usually the people who are at a place like that go there so they can root and cheer. I'm not, and I got nothing against that. I got nothing. If you want to cheer for a team, go ahead and cheer for a team and find your reasons. But then that's not what you do. You, yeah, you occasionally do, but more often, you you hate the team, the other team. You hate that team. Hey, that's my. You want to see them not just lose. You want to see them suffer. Oh yeah, all of them get cut. Yeah, I do. Yeah, of course. I'm a no, I'm a normal sports fan. Although I'm not going to judge how you pick to root in a particular game. Maybe you're you have a more positive vibe than me. But what, whatever, you're picking a team that you're rooting to win. And maybe I uh, rooting for to win. And maybe I pick more teams that I dislike than I like. But you know, that's me. <laughs> you, uh, you got the Abby normal brain. That's all right. I think there are a lot of people out there that cheer against teams. Yeah, probably. I suppose. And players, for that matter. I cheer against Tom Brady. But if you've ever gone anywhere in a normal year on a Sunday, you fly somewhere, it's cool to see people wear the jerseys of the team they favor. That that is a tradition. You see that all over the country. Uh, Whatever airport you're in, you'll see folks, uh, you know, uh, fly in the the colors of whatever team they root for. But you don't see people walking around with a jersey on with a big X mark through it. Oh, I'd do that. And by the way, that's a that's a thing at Millionaire Air, too. Now, that was funny. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> they do that at the private hangars, do they? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. Uh, Millionaire I haven't been, Air is the private hangars. I haven't been out to the new airport yet. Uh, it's strange because I've spent my whole career traveling, but I haven't been out there yet because of circumstances, you know, with the way things have been over the last year. And uh, no I, hear, I, I hear it's a pretty. The construction? Uh, He's on no, the no-fly list. I, I hear I it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty uh, good jaunt if you go on to that uh that second was it Terminal B? Is that what? Well, it's by the way, you and Cat Stevens will never experience. 
All the people complaining about walking a little bit to get to your airplane. How about you walk to your destination and then see if you're going to complain about walking <laughs> about to you, an airplane? You get the old handcart loaded Jeez, up. Jeez, chill. <laughs> a bunch of whiners we've become. Load up the, I have uh, to walk to my airplane to magically fly across the sky? Yeah, you do. Get to stepping. Well, if you do, you'll see a bunch of people wearing uh, NFL team jerseys. So <laughs> you don't see them wearing a jersey with a big X through it. You know, that's, that's just what I'm saying. When you so, fill out a bubble, a bracket, Gordon, you cheer against teams. Yeah, if I if I create a reason because it's the team I picked, or you know, it's a it's a bracket or something like that, then yeah, yeah, I'll invest in that. But typically, I don't have a reason to hate uh, or to manufacture hate for some team uh, that that I really don't have enough information for which to hate. Let me ask you this. Uh, well, let's do a little exercise here, all right? When you're, you're thumbing through the box scores of whatever sport, is there a team that when they lose, you go, you don't feel so bad? I mean, I think like an example of this, a lot of people out there would say, say, Duke basketball. But they see that Duke lost and they go, eh, hmm, too bad for them. The Lakers. Uh, the Lakers. The Maybe Yankees. it's Kentucky basketball. Maybe it's the Yankees. Is there a team, Gordon, that you can think of when you're, uh, you know, perusing the now defunct uh, physical sports page that you see the score and you go, oh, well, that doesn't hurt my feelings that that team lost? Not really. I can't think of a single one. Wrong. Are you kidding? I mean, no, I somebody's got really. some team that they're like, all right, the Yankees lost. Yes. I've never been a huge fan of the Ohio State University, but I can't even, I, I don't know why, but it's not like I hate them. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, not no, like no, I, this, it's not like I root against them. This is progress, I, though. You see that and you go, wow, I don't really feel bad for those guys. Well, yeah, but I haven't quite gotten there. I, I'm just. I, you know, people manufacture all this stuff, and usually it's it's uh, under some sort of cloak that makes no logical sense. Right. Of course it doesn't. I mean, I root against— Under a cloak makes no logical sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for example, I hope the Lobos lose every single game. Because I have nothing but love for you, Gordon, and I want to see your sports fandom suffer. I do. It's Go not Lobos. that I root against you in life, just against your beloved team. I can tell you teams that I have rooted for, but not teams that I, I hate. Well, I just... get a, it, come on over to the dark side, buddy. It's great. <laughs> I think it's a lot more fun. You're yeah. having more fun than I am. Yeah, because, you know, when you see the distraught faces after they lose, you know, you laugh instead of feel bad for them. Yeah, but under the way I do it, then then I can just be happy no matter who wins. But now you're so a I, front I may, I, So I may end up being happier than you are because I, I usually think that the— <laughs> See, but now you're a front runner I, I, who, I, I, who, I, 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 the, who picks the winner all the time, no, like the, I, no, the favorite. I, no, that's yes, not it. That's no, I'm it. happy. I, I'm happier than you are because I'm happy no matter who wins. I, I can appreciate. Yeah, that team deserved the win. All right, Mother Teresa. I know, and no. you're, it's because you're cheering for the better team every time. Because you look no, it's at the not. you no, look at I, the record and you go, "Aha, no, I was no. right." What's this little one by Duke's no, name no, mean? No, I've I've rooted for the underdog before for one reason. Yeah, Louisville no. was two. <laughs> They were, they were the two seed. 
I think uh, this. <laughs> Jake, I, I really think it would be good for you maybe to uh, go sit on a couch somewhere and, 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 and explain, you know, unload this burden that has been built up on you through the years as a sports fan. And I think you'd feel better about it afterward, you know. And, and look, I mean, I don't have my degree, but I think I could probably talk you through it. You know, I, you were, I you were you. programmed for psychology as well. <laughs> I just I find that that's really fascinating. That they to me wired that you, into you that you are so. That, I mean, I'll admit, I'll admit, you're a smart man, and that's why I don't, I don't get the the way you are so easily swayed toward hatred, sports hate. I, it, it I just, I, I don't see the reasoning. Because I'm a sick man, and I can I can admit I can admit to such. It's fine, it's all right. But if my sickness only applies to cheering against the Chiefs, what you know? Who's really injured in this? Okay, so just so we can understand this completely, you cheer against the Chiefs because dot dot dot. Go. There's some obnoxious Chiefs moments from my past that I don't choose to get like into. Like when? Tell what me mean when. Like when I just told you my past that I don't want to get into. You know, it's like when. It's, it's what did they do? Cheering against people. It's cheering against other fans. What was the moment of crystallization where you said I can't I stand this team? I don't know, uh, Gordbot three thousand. <laughs> I just root against the Chiefs. <laughs> You don't have a good reason. I've got my reasons, thank you. <laughs> is it personal? Is it some? Is it a friend of yours who really liked hey, the Chiefs? Gordon, you you've known it? you've known me for a long time. Everything's personal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every little thing is personal. No, whatever. Who said, who said I, that? I, I who pick, said that recently in a movie or something? Did somebody say? I that? don't know. I pick all sorts of stupid reasons to root against teams. All right, but I mean, but it just seems like you could see through your own manufacturing of the reason. I root against conferences. I root against the entire Big Ten. <laughs> well, you may be rooting against a team that might be a fine group of individuals. And I hope they lose. <laughs> I don't hope they lose in life. I hope but they it, lose on the basketball floor. That's all. But, but you're making stuff up that might not be rooted in sound reasoning. And you didn't identify with Dwight when you watched The Office. Whatever. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm here to be entertained, bro. I'm a sports yeah. fan. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of the teams that you root against are entertaining entertaining to watch. I don't care. And and listen, we're talking to jazz fans here who loved the jazz. Um, <clears throat> predictable nature of basketball for many many years no but that's that's on the positive side of the the ledger I, I understand why people root for a team i just don't understand why they just because usually there's some reason there's a geographical kind of tie-in it represents your community uh you had a favorite player you liked the way he played so you started liking the team or whatever you might like the uniforms i don't know you like right. them for one reason or another i and, and, it, i all... get that but i don't understand this oh i hate the chiefs why oh i got my reasons i, I can't really explain them to you but i got my reasons what well, I mean, it's similar to I don't like the Buccaneers because uh, you love Tom Brady so much, and I, I don't want to see you happy. I used to what? like the Buccaneers because of the creamsicle jerseys, and that uh, yeah. took a U-turn. 
the moment I, Tommy well, one, I've never been a big Tom Brady fan. I am a I am a defender of Tom Brady because you guys constantly rip him. That's the only reason. And he's he's a great. He's an all time great. And I've watched uh, a lot of quarterbacks in my day. And he smells I'm good, a, Jake. I'm an old man, but uh, I've watched a lot of them from going back to slinging Sammy Baugh to, uh, to uh, you know, to uh, Tom Brady now. And he, he's one of the greats. He didn't I, cheat. I, he just broke the rules. I've got, a, I've got a theory for you, though, on the smell good. I'm not so sure, actually. Because oh. have you ever known anybody who is really um, organic about their diet? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very it's, good point. There's a, no aluminum in that uh, helmet. No, it's not a... <laughs> It's He's deodorizing a, with moss off the trees or right. something. Yeah, uh, well, you know, and some other stuff, you know, oatmeal and whatnot. His soap has twigs in it. Have you ever uh, scrubbed down with a soap bar that had those little nuggets in it that you know, exfoliates your skin? Or, which is another word. I don't know what. I've never looked up the word exfoliate, but it doesn't it mean rip off a few layers. I've never had nugget soap. No, I don't. <laughs> I use dial like every other red-blooded American man. Dove over here, actually. You know, okay. Sensitive fair, skin. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Okay. Man, we Smooth have really, manly. Yeah. We, have tra- we have traveled a journey on, in this segment. Soap with nuggets in it. <laughs> Seriously. Is that the I've one I've used that, soap on my... Never mind. Is though. that the one Jennifer Aniston endorsed? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We're, we're, hey, wait, 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 wait. We got to get let, to the let, jazz. We'll get to it all next. Right, all right. And also, I have a, a little note here for BYU football fans that uh, I need to uh, pass along to them. All right. We've got a, we've got a busy show. Uh, stay tuned. Craig Smith is going to be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. The Aggie head coach. The Aggies are red hot. 11 consecutive wins, and they smoked Colorado State last night. Uh, David Locke joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Always look forward to talking to David. So stay tuned. More next. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Band of the day today is the Mighty Mighty Boston's selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. This has taken me back to my youth. You know who's a big Mighty Mighty Boston's fan? Who? Alex Lundberg. Lundy. You know what? I think I knew that, actually. He plays in a ska band yeah. called the Fat Daddies. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. I like ska music. It's upbeat. Good. Although this was definitely a, a one-hit wonder of a band. Yeah, they've got an extensive discography here, Gordon. Uh. <laughs> so why did we pick? Uh, who would pick an artist or a band that has one hit? We'll yeah. get in. We'll who get into that? the. We'll get into the deep cuts <laughs> who, later who on in the show. That? Why inflict our listeners with that kind of pain? Uh, you've done it before. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> We did it once for a whole show, remember? Yeah, I do. Actually, there's two songs that, that, that uh, Gary Wright did that were popular. Yeah. 
let's but get the one you the one you really killed me on was uh, Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose. They had two big hits, but their other music is fun to listen to. That's who we should do tomorrow, because our listeners, I'm sure, would demand it. Demand it. I I think you're you're overestimating the support yeah. for that <laughs> I, particular I band. Uh, yeah. Gordon, let's jump into the Jazz because they they smoked the Pelicans last night. It, the final was one eighteen to one hundred two, but it really wasn't even that close. Um, mm-hmm. They they played very very well. I I have plenty of opinions on this game, but I kind of want to let you loose first. Set the set the tone here. Where where do you want to go? Well, start with uh, with the basic, shall we? Uh, don't go with the shots thing, please. Can we think a little bit more critically than that? Do you want to talk about why they made shots? I'm fine with that. But if you point to the field goal percentage and say they made shots, end of take. I just let's let's get well, a little deeper the, into the it. Thing, okay, let me let me just say that. I mean, another case where the Jazz shoot over fifty percent and win. But but here's what's interesting to me: Mike Conley, who has been playing so well and been contributing. Uh, is so mightily to the Jazz and helping them along their way, shoots only two of seven, one of five from three, and yet he had a huge impact on that game for the positive. Huge. Ten assists. What was he? What was his plus minus in that game, Jake? It was like 75. Plus, let's see, let me hang on. Uh, 26. 26. Plus 26. I mean, that that uh, that shows you the development or the uh, conforming nature of uh, Mike Conley. He has lived and learned, and he bumped and skidded for a long time. You don't have to. He doesn't have to. As a terrific setup man, doesn't have to shoot great every game, and he can help his team still win. And that's what he did last night. The ball was moving. The offense was humming along, just doing fantastic things, and guys were making their shots. And that's jazz basketball, and that is the promise of the Utah Jazz. Look, I know they were playing the Pelicans. I get it. But if the Jazz can find a way to do this 70% of the time, they're going to have a great record this year because they're capable of doing all the things necessary to set up the good shots and then to make the good shots. And uh, that just that that thought kept coming to me again and again and again, and uh, it's encouraging for jazz fans to see a team work together like that, and uh, especially at the offensive end. And in the modern NBA, I know you and I talk a lot about defense, and it's important. And uh, the Jazz had plenty of that too. Although, although by the way, Zion, Zion's a beast, isn't he? Isn't he? He is. Uh huh. He is. He's, he's a beast. A, he's a big guy. But but it's it's about offensive basketball these days. And you gotta play some defense. I get that. But the Jazz have the capability of being the best shooting team in the NBA. And if they do that, they're gonna be all right in the West this year. Uh a few things to react to. <clears throat> um there, Gordon. Uh, you started with Conley. I'll start with Conley. Uh, he was great in that game, just like you said. I I agree. There's one other uh, example of what you're talking about that I want to point to. The the slow spot that they had in the second quarter where where the Pelicans went on an 11-0 run. You know what? Uh, it, that was when Mike was off the floor. So not only is he playing well, but really his impact is extremely noticeable Right now on both ends of the floor, and here's uh, I want to give Conley a little more credit than I have been defensively. He and Rudy, um, Locke was talking about this, we can ask him at five, uh, are the best defensive 
pick-and-roll tandem in the league right now. Now, hey, if you're a pick-and-roll tandem defensively with Rudy Gobert, you're automatically going to be pretty good. But let's let's give him some credit. I mean, he's out there playing some defense, and in these, these tough guard defensive assignments, Gordon, he has been taking them. That's think, right. Think Trey Young. So yeah. <clears throat> I want and, give... and, and then when you look at the from a numerical standpoint, Jake, I mean that guard line, that starting guard line really struggled last night as far as efficiency goes. So yeah, tip of the cap. Uh, I agree with you. So um, you know, I'm glad that's that's kind of where you chose to start because I thought that was a, that was a really good place to do it. Uh, but here here's the thing, Gordon. New Orleans isn't playing the type of defense that bothers the Jazz. I will I will be yeah. curious when they play against a team that that plays that high pressure defense that has caused the Jazz to struggle a little bit because the Pelicans don't do that. And if you don't do that, what the Jazz are going to do is get into their offense. Either the the ball handler is going to beat his guy by going right to the rim, which they've done more lately. Even George Niang was beating his guy off the bounce last night, which is which is really something. That's probably the most effective way to do it, and Mike Conley's been really good at it too, or they do it in the pick and roll, and then as the defense has to adjust, the spacing is so good and the shooting is so good, they, they'll get uh, uh, an open shot on most possessions. They're getting a ton of corner threes against teams like the Pelicans, and it's it's one of those where it's almost like a dress rehearsal, right, where you're, you're – Everything's working where you're just implementing everything. And when it does, it's it's really, really fun to watch. But I, you know, let's get back to your well, the the make or miss league point. You know, if you get if you get open shots, your opportunity to and this isn't rocket science, to make those threes is so much higher as opposed to off the bouncer, a hand in your face, or any of those sorts of things. And the jazz got anything they wanted shooting last night. Anything yeah. that they wanted, whether it was transition or whether it was in the half court with the exception of when Mike came off the floor. They got whatever they wanted. And it was interesting after the game, uh, you heard uh, what Quinn Snyder said uh, when he was asked about the, the terrific shooting, and he said it starts with the defense. So I guess that sort of counters what I said earlier about offense being more important than defense. Quinn would say, au contraire, they're both connected. And when the Jazz play that kind of defense, they do get in transition, like you were talking about, and they better shots uh, and sometimes quicker shots are created, and they can take advantage of that. And then you get momentum going, and once the mighty Mo starts flowing, then you're in good shape. How much of that so, with with Coach Snyder, and maybe you know, maybe he's one hundred percent true to his word. But whenever I hear the, that from Coach, I always think, well, yeah, because you have to harp on defense. You don't have to harp on offense. <laughs> you know, Sometimes you, you do. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, hey, yeah. go out and play better offensively. No, I mean, you never hear that from coaches. Well, I should but say never. You You're right. I say... shouldn't say never. But when you, you know, when you get into stuff, you say, oh, it starts with defense because you've got to encourage your players more to play defense. I think there's some truth to it, though, as far as what I described. But uh, sometimes you have to coach up the offense. So guys are being a little selfish. Not coach or, up, the encourage, <laughs> harp on, uh, well, have yeah, messaging. Harp, uh, you know? Yeah, a message to do it better, to do it the right way. Because, you know, your dad probably taught you when you were a kid, Jake, there's a right way and a wrong way. In all things in life, there's a right way and a wrong way. And you got to do it the right way. And by the way, uh, careful with that thing. You're going to poke your eye out with it. It's not the two things that dads always say. I don't think that's the two things that dads. And I used to say, Dad, it's a balloon. I'm not going to poke my eye out with it. But as long as we're on uh, defense, uh, big ups to Royce O'Neal for the defense he played on Brandon Ingram. 
who yeah. uh, tore the Jazz apart a couple of times last year, if you'll remember. Um, 8 of 18, 17 points, and really was a, a non-factor. And, and by the way, the Pelicans... They're they're a bit of they've got a bit of a two man team thing going, uh, and maybe Bledsoe just had a bad night, but uh, and Adams was a non factor, and he's usually a big factor anytime he goes yeah. up against Rudy. So I was surprised about the Pelicans for for a couple of reasons. Do you think the Jazz are reaching a point, and this isn't specific to last night's game, where they can withstand the physicality that they sometimes face? See, I don't know that yet. That's kind of what I was alluding to earlier with the pressure defense. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's not really how the Pelicans play. So until they get another matchup like that, I'm I'm not so sure. But I I think the the confidence that they're getting into with this. The, listen, with the Jazz, the transition is so key right now. The the when they have their issues is when they get bogged down in the half court and they go up against a switchy physical team where they can't yeah. run the pick and roll and they can't beat the guy in front of them. The the defense or the offense grinds to a halt. And yeah. when teams do that to them, they're they're going to struggle. That's what happened against the Knicks. Uh, that's not exactly what happened against Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving happened against Brooklyn. But that's what happened against Phoenix. That's what happened against Minnesota. So, you know, when they face more teams that try to do that to them, we'll see. But right now, you know, against a team like the Pelicans, they look like a finely tuned machine. Another thing. Is it me, or does Rudy Gobert look more comfortable this year, just kind of more at ease, not uh, necessarily itching to get touches so he can – sign his big contract he, he he seems what's the right word jake just kind of I, I don't want to say comfortable because it sounds too slacking off but he he seems more at ease are you seeing that same thing okay so the words i was thinking was open-minded okay explain he's throwing some great passes he's oh, yeah. he's doing some different things where it's not so much about i gotta put up 20 mm-hmm yeah. Not the what are the, whether they call biceps the show muscles or something like that. I'm not into body lifting. You know, you didn't the the points per game, the show stats. He's not so mm-hmm. worried about that. He's willing to that, throw the extra pass to the corner. He's he's willing to or he's not pouting about not getting it on the pick and roll when the big sags. I mean, it just it seems like he's a little more open-minded to being a team guy and that's where I would say he's not feeling the pressure of the big deal. That bounce pass he threw to uh, to Donovan uh, game before this last one was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? So it was something else, yeah, and yeah. It, it led to a big time dunk from Donovan, and yeah, that's a great example, Gordon, uh, bringing that up. I mean, I don't, I didn't, you know, we we said yesterday that might have been the best pass of his career because there haven't been many great passes in his career, right? <laughs> and no offense to Rudy, that's just his his game has evolved, and he hasn't really been a passer or asked to be that. And I've certainly noticed he's he's had his uh, how does Harpring put it his eyes out, or maybe it's Booner who says that, but it seems like he's added that to his game. Yeah, well, I hope his eyes don't come out. Uh, that would not be good. But uh, you ever seen anybody's eyeball pop out? Personally, like like witnessed it myself. No, you? Uh, it's not. not uh... Uh, During your rambunctious days in uh, Vegas, uh, back uh, <laughs> it, being muscle for a casino, Austin just uh, talked to us in our ears. Just three bad disgusted, jokes in the last six minutes. Yeah. Disgusted uh, tone. So, can you blame him? Really? <laughs> and two of them involved poking your eye out. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, seriously, good point. We well, need we need a five okay. minute timeout. It's a little violent. The, the, a little violent uh, on the show today. The eyes have it. Oh. Geez. 
Look, Austin, if you can't see your way clear to laughing at these things, then what can I tell you? Nobody's laughing at these things, I don't think. Punch your light out. I want to remind you about our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming fast, and we want you to know that flowers make, of course, the perfect gift. Get your order in now to make sure you've got the perfect flowers, and they do do delivery. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We've got What's Going On coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Craig Smith, head coach of the Aggies, joins us for lock, jumps on at 5. So stay tuned for that. Right now, I uh, Gordon is, has uh, a BYU subject he wants to bring up, but I always get a little nervous when Gordon is, is your intent on blindsiding me with it, Gordon. So I, my, my defensive guard is up. I'm preparing for multiple personal attacks. Go. Not at all. Except for you already stole the thunder by saying that it was BYU-oriented. But uh, Well, you teased I, that at the beginning I, of the show. I know, I know. But that was, you know, radio's not linear. Anyway, this is, uh, as I was doing, you and I do heavy research for the show every day. And this morning I got up and uh, was reading. And I saw this headline on a website. It said, these 10 college football teams were hit hardest by early entries in the 2021 NFL draft. Please don't say the Hokies. And they're mixed in. No, no one cares about the Hokies right now. <laughs> but they're mixed in along with the Georgias, the Texases, the USC's, the uh, Alabamas, and the LSU's. B. Hmm. YU was one of the 10 schools pointed out as being the hardest hit. And this uh, this is CBSSports.com, and it said, pound for pound, BYU is one of the hardest hit teams by underclassmen leaving early. Following an 11-1 season, quarterback Zach Wilson, offensive lineman Brady Christensen, and receiver Dax Milne all declared. We all know that already, but it's interesting to hear uh, that this is being taken note of nationally. Wilson, of course, is projected to be a top five pick. And by the way, have you been checking the mock drafts lately? I mean, Zach Wilson is in, I, I think he is in more of the top fives and in a number of them is the number two pick. That, I mean, Jake, if we had had this discussion last summer, we we would have laughed at each other. Kind of the same thing that happened with Alex Smith, right? In some ways. says here, let's see, let me pick it up. Uh, Wilson, of course, is uh, projected to be a top five pick. Christensen was an All-America tackle on a strong offensive line and could also go in the first round. Good for Brady Christensen, man. Milne was Wilson's safety net, catching a team best 70 passes for 1,188 yards and eight touchdowns. So... 
when I saw that, I thought, yeah, BYU really did get hit hard. And they had guys who this year emerged to a level that was that BYU hasn't seen in a long, long time. And I know that Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. When was he picked? Do you remember? Was he a second rounder? Second or third, yeah. I mean, he was still pretty high. So, but uh, BYU has these guys. We, we used to talk about BYU not having the special kind of athletes. And uh, it seems like this year that they were able to, uh, to do that. And so maybe that speaks well for the program moving forward. But Zach Wilson, uh, th- this is a really interesting story. I know we've talked Hold a lot about it. Hold on real quick. It. Third round, 70th pick, Fred Warner. Okay. Okay. So not, not the hullabaloo over Fred uh, that has since uh, come to surround him. But, and good for him because he's earned it. But Zach Wilson is, you know, I mean, uh, people talking about teams trading uh, up to get him. In, in with that second pick, everyone says Trevor Lawrence. I haven't seen a single draft that had anybody other than Trevor Lawrence first. Have you? Uh, no, I, I think it's pretty consensus. Unless you're talking to Urban Meyer, who threw it out there like, I don't know, maybe maybe Zach Wilson. He actually mentioned Zach Wilson. But Did he really? That kind of made well, me laugh. He's, he's, well, I mean, I'm sure he's a, a big fan of, uh, of Justin Fields. So... Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, it's you see the names, the spots are sort of mixed up, but Zach Wilson right there about to become a very wealthy kid who uh, who has a bright future in the NFL. We thought he was good, but, man, after last year, I, I had no idea that this would be possible for him. And in some ways it's kind of cool because, you know, this sends a message to any anyone out there, man, work hard and uh, bring out the best in you, and you might have a shot to do something special. I'm sure BYU fans are kind of bittersweet, you know, to lose their guy. They could, imagine if Zach Wilson had been around for another Imagine if all these guys had been around for another year. Their schedule's much tougher next time around. But, you know, they, they would have been able to, to continue on on a, on a great streak, although I'm not questioning the, the wisdom in them entering the draft because who, why wouldn't you? But, uh, yeah, I, I, I find that really interesting. And Brady Christensen, really highly thought of. I mean, I, I always knew he was good. I didn't, I didn't realize that he was held in such high regard. Um, a, a few things. Uh, let's see. I wasn't quite as down on Zach Wilson, really, as, as you were after last year, certainly. I wasn't down on but, him but as much as I was just questioning him. I wasn't sure. So I don't know if I would have picked him uh, in the – top part of the first round, but I'm certainly not surprised he turned out to be good. Um, but you take two potential first-rounders, or first uh, first-rounder and a second-rounder, you take that off any collegiate team, and of course, that's that's going to be a blow. You know, from listening to you right there, I think as far as the future of BYU goes, I think the most important thing to look at as far as gathering athletes, as, as you said, you know, higher talent level, is what position both those guys play. Quarterback and offensive line. And I think when you're BYU, I think you should always have a good offensive line. And I say always, you know, I get it that it fluctuates from year to year after all. But you should be able to recruit offensive linemen at BYU. And you should be able to recruit quarterbacks at BYU because they've been recruiting quarterbacks and offensive linemen for decades. And that should be a thing they they are able to continue. And you look at connective tissue into the future, you know, maybe the next guy isn't Zach Wilson necessarily, but you can continue to uh, recruit high-level guys there and coach them up. You know, that's a recipe for success at BYU because we've seen it before. So next year is probably going to be tough because, yeah, they're losing some guys that certainly had an impact. But 
those are that's what can be replicated. I think. I think you can find a really talented guy. Maybe not a top five t- pick, but John Beck was a second rounder, right? Max yeah. Hall was undrafted free agent, but he had a cup of coffee there for the Cardinals, and he was really great at BYU. I you can find those types of players. I I believe that, and I think that's what can continue on for for BYU. One thing that you read a lot about in the mock drafts and in these reports on these NFL candidates, uh, one, uh, as far as the quarterbacks go, that I read over and over again, uh, I want to get your definition of what it means, arm talent. It means talent while using your arm. What does that, what does that really specifically mean? Can you make the throws? Can you uh, can you is your arm strong enough and accurate enough? Mm-hmm. I mean, arm talent is such a loose phrase. I mean, it's all evaluation. It's all subjective, and you don't know what's going to happen in the next level. And you know, we should uh, talk to scouts about what they're looking for. But you know, things like throwing outside the numbers and being able to deliver an accurate pass. One thing that he is being given a lot of credit for is his ability to uh, deliver outside the structure. Uh, and that, that's interesting. Um, and, and, you know, he's a, he's a good athlete, but he's not run crazy, you know. He's not uh, uh, Robert Griffin III type of uh, runner, a Lamar Jackson type that just takes off running. On a regular basis, he'd much rather throw than run, but he's capable of moving, and I think that that has a lot of uh, pro scouts excited. All right, coming up uh, next, we'll get to what's going on. Don't forget, uh, Craig Smith joins us at 4, Lock at 5. It's Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.